The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. And I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And welcome back to the podcast at Celebrating November with 24-Hour Christmas Carols. And we're going to kick it off right now with Dominic the Donkey. That's racist. <laughs> in, in, which part of it, though? I guess it could be racist in a number of ways. I don't know. It, it's an Italian song, right? Well, it's one of those tacky mid-20th century Italian-American songs like Mambo Italiano. It's just, yeah, it's not like it, we didn't import that song. They don't sing that in Tuscany. No. <laughs> Somewhere in a, in, a, in a piazza in Venice, yeah. they're singing Dominic the Donkey. Hee-haw, hee-haw. Yeah. It, <laughs> I think as soon as you bring donkeys in, you're being racist to someone. To Probably someone, whoever you're referring to. Yeah, whoever you're referring to, if you, as soon as you get a donkey involved. I guess it doesn't matter who. It could be Peruvians, yeah. it could be the Chinese for that yeah. matter. If there's donkeys, you're being mean. Yeah, you're just being mean. Well, I got into the car today. Melissa got, uh, speaking of Italian, Melissa got a Fiat. Oh. Uh, she got a brand new Fiat. Fix it again, Tony. And uh, <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful car. Well, she went and, from a Volkswagen bug. So she goes from one import, from one one expensive to fix import to... Uh, to an Italian, so it goes from the Ger- from German to Italian. Yeah, you know what? If she's going to pick a car by the Axis powers, I really <laughs> wish she'd pick Japan. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You get so much more bang for your buck. Oh, well, Fiat. she likes... Oh, they got some bang for their buck. Well, from tr- the atomic bomb. <laughs> so soon? we tried to rent a car. It's always too soon, I think. <laughs> We're talking about incinerating people. Oh, well, there's that. There's that. So there's, uh, we try to uh, go go on vacation over the summer. We had a rental car, it was supposed to be a, like a compact, which I shouldn't have got a compact. I think I told the story on the podcast. I shouldn't have got a compact, but I was being cheap, and I thought, you know, the one on the on the the one on the screen that said, I think it was Ford, no, a Focus or similar, no, yeah, a Focus, what's Fiesta? No, Fiesta. not a Fiesta. Uh, yeah, it's probably a Fiesta. Uh, something that that with a hatchback that I would we would have fit in right, but they didn't have that. All they had was a two door Fiat, and I tried to get our stuff in there. I actually was pushing so hard on the luggage on the back to, to push it into the hatchback that the back wheels were bouncing off the ground. <laughs> so uh, I could imagine mm-hmm. you could probably, if you have trouble parking that in the city, you could probably just pick it up and put it into a parking spot. You, you know, you could with the regular Fiat because Fiats really look like smart cars. You know, mm-hmm. they look like toy cars. They look like something that would take you on a dark ride in a theme park. Uh, but she's got the SUV. Oh, Fiat has an SUV? Well, it's a crossover. Uh, is it really a crossover or is it just a Fiat that, like, with a, a longer body? You know what I mean? Because Fiats are small by, let me look at a Fiat SUV. Is there, what's it called? Like a Fiat? 500? And then I think a letter? <laughs> 500X. Okay, seriously, you're going to call that an SUV? I guess well, it's kind of a crossover. It might be the same size as my... I have a Hyundai a Tucson. Maybe it's a similar to size in that. Huh. Well, it's a European car, so they call it an SUV, but it has like a four-gallon tank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it only costs like a dollar to fill up, but you just have to go around the block and back into the gas station again. It looks like your wife. Like, and it just looks adorable. 
It looks like my, it's tiny and brown and cute. <laughs> no, it's true. She does want cars that look like her, and that is why she picks like poorly made, expensive to fix foreign cars because she she values the cuteness. Sure. She, oh, I thought when you were saying free coffee in, in uh, Starbucks were, drive-ups. That when you were saying poorly made, expensive to fix, you were talking about her. Like, Not boy, inaccurate. I hope she doesn't hear this because <laughs> you're saying she's poorly made and expensive to fix. She's beautifully made, but expensive she's, to fix. Okay, there you go. Just kind of like the Fiat. Beautifully made, like the Fiat. expensive to fix. Yeah. Great and to ev- look at. And occasionally yeah. we'll get your free coffee in the Starbucks drive-thru. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get in the Fiat. Well, so I go around the back to put something in the trunk of the Fiat, and when I open the trunk, the handle of the trunk came off in my hand. Oh, man. I mean, it just fell right out. That's it. Well, it is. See, that's when you go from a – that wouldn't happen on, on the on the bug. Like that – when you go from the German-made import to the Italian-made import, mm-hmm. you're just asking for handles to come off in your in your hand. It's not that the the Volkswagens are poorly made; they're they're impeccably made, but they're booby trapped so that you can't fix yeah. them yourself, no, you and can't only re- Germans can do it. You can't even replace a lamp for less than four hundred bucks. But yep. uh, on the Fiat, that doesn't surprise me that you can just you can actually pull it apart yourself, like right. a, like a made. Lego, like it's just made of Lego bricks. Uh, well, Legos are Northern European, so at least they click together. Yeah, <laughs> try and take Legos apart. Sometimes <laughs> it's really difficult. <laughs> I would much rather disassemble. My daughter's Lego friend's uh, Jeep, then, uh, uh, I mean, I would much rather try to disassemble the Fiat with no tools yeah. than my daughter's Lego friend's uh, Jeep. So, uh, did this, oh, so I, did you get so angry get at this, or were you just like, what the, because uh, I could, uh, typical, yeah. you know, I, I, like, I knew it was coming. I thought it would be a little bit longer than a week after she got it, but the mm-hmm. trunk fell off. <laughs> <laughs> so I get in, it's got, it's got satellite radio. Uh, and it was, I got on today, November 2nd, 55 degrees out. I was wearing a t-shirt. I was wearing a Boba Fett t-shirt and some jeans. Turned on the radio, sleigh ride. What happened to the, uh, you know, 28 days of Thanksgiving songs? Uh, All those Thanksgiving carols? All those Thanksgiving carols. I mean, we're missing out on, on, uh, all three of them. Turkey Lurkey Time by Burt Backrack and Hell David. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me see. There's a uh, well. Count Your Blessings is considered a Thanksgiving song, isn't it? The Bing Crosby song. It's in White Christmas, but it doesn't really refer to anything Christmassy. It's just when I and I can sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep, Uh-oh. and I go to sleep. So I guess you can call that. Let me see. Here's a couple other Thanksgiving songs. Uh, Over the river and through the woods. To grandmother's house we go. To wait, they're going to Thanksgiving dinner. I thought they're going to Christmas dinner. That not according to the internet. We gather together. I don't know that song. You know that song? There's a whole six of them on here, so you could easily just put that on a loop, right? And, and play that in all the stores for the next month before we jump into Christmas. Count your blessings instead of sheep. Well, I think that's a stretch, because it's from White Christmas. Well, six songs is more than Top 40 Radio. Top 40 Radio is only Sugar, Why You Get So Fine, and Cake by the Ocean on Continuous Loop. So that's four more songs. It is. And one of them is a Johnny Cash song, Thanksgiving Prayer. Somebody pass the turkey in this jailhouse Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Jailhouse. So we're really giving short shrift to the... uh, you know, especially once you throw in Adam Sandler's Thanksgiving song. 
Megan Trainer has a Thanksgiving Carol. I guess it makes sense that she would love a holiday that's about eating. <laughs> so, what do you think? Uh, what's the solution? Because people want Christmas now. I, I I see tons of Facebook posts saying, uh, you know, Halloween's over. Can I put up my Christmas decorations? Yeah, it's weird. There's a new generation, I guess, that is all in with this two months of Christmas. And I like Christmas, but two months out of a 12-month year, it's weird that a sixth of the year is Christmas. That's a lot. Yeah. The only thing is you put it's so almost much, as much as a season, like summer. It is like a Christmas season as opposed to, yeah. So you're, the, I think the the difference is we put so much effort into decorating that people don't want to. Oh, uh, sure. I get that. They want man, once get, you've gone to the basement or the garage and gotten 70 plastic bins and set it all up for two days... You yeah, want that to be at least four weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I just uh, – and so I, you know, maybe I'll soften my stance, but I'm still fairly anti-Christmas before Thanksgiving. I don't feel like, we, you know, we put up our we put up our tree the day before Thanksgiving because that happens to be a day off for us. So mm-hmm. we do it because out of convenience. But really to me, that weekend is when we get the lights up and everything. But uh, – uh, so Christmas music on the radio already, and is this something now that uh, you know? I'll even get. I'll give you. I'll spot you six weeks. Like I want four. Sure, but I'll spot you six if you're really into it and you want a little extra. Well, was... I, I prefer to go along on the other direction. I prefer to go to the Epiphany. Like mm-hmm. take the first two weeks of January, since and, they're not for anything anyway, and just keep Christmasing. Yeah, keep Christmasing because that's when everything stinks. But if you want to go mid-November, that's fine. But right now it's totally warm out. Baseball was on last night, although that's baseball's fault for continuously going longer. But um, there's just no reason. It doesn't make sense to have Christmas right now. Um, What's good is that the Halloween monster has made it so that Christmas doesn't start until November 1st. You know, I think it was pushing back into October. Oh, yeah. So uh, the fact that there is, which I feel like Halloween's getting more popular Maybe. Oh, is it ever? Yeah. Bigger and bigger and bigger. And we'll talk about it later in the show. But uh, when I tell you what our Halloween was, like, talk about a season. Holy cow. We're going to have two months of Halloween pretty soon in my house. I think that's what people want. Um, I'm okay with it. And the, uh, so I guess we have Halloween to thank for pushing, you know, for putting up a wall, building a wall around Christmas. Thank Uh, you, the devil, for making a wall around (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for Holodon'ts. That's where you convince your kids to donate half their candy to the troops and then hide it in your sock drawer. <laughs> That's a great racket. <laughs> I wonder about the troops thing. Like, I know there's donate candy to the troops. Does it really? And I'm sure the that troops? troops want candy. But does it go there and does it hold up? Yeah, I mean, we only I fight desert wars. Yeah, so desert candy. Like, what kind of candy can make it in the desert? Um, oh, like... Uh, like gobstoppers and yeah, that's probably about right, it. Nerds, nerds gobstoppers, uh, kazoozles, or what were those ones that we found that were like a Twizzler with the pixie stick inside? Kadoodles. I don't because yeah, the bangers, kazoozles. I think. Yeah, I mean anything chocolate. I mean unless they're chocolate's sh- not going to do it unless right? they're shipping them over refrigerated or something, or you know they. But yeah, they could. And maybe they're just giving them the, like, troops on a base. You know, like, they're just going up to... Uh... Right, not some guy who's in, a, like, a, what, sandy trench? What do you do in a, in a... Can you tell I've never fought a desert war? <laughs> hey, we got guys who fight desert wars who listen to the show. 
If you're a guy who fights Desert Wars they, and you listen to the show, yeah, uh, give you, us a call at uh, six. What's our phone number? Six five seven bad dads. Bad dads and tell or us write us at paternitypodcast at gmail and tell us if you've ever gotten the donated troop candy and what happens to it when it reaches you in the hot war places. So, uh, uh, tell me about your Halloween. What? How'd it go? Oh, I'm becoming a real Halloween fanatic. I love it. I and it has turned. It, what is Into it about what is, what is it that gets you f- fired up about it? Maybe the I guess it's opposites. only fun. It's only fun. Like there's no Sure. I, I see what you mean. There's there's no gift issue. No that gift stresses issue out. and no family pressure like no travel. between different no travel. Okay. Oh, yeah, I, no no two houses that you have to go to. And, like, yeah. keep all the moms happy, right? Yeah, because I guess I used to think of Thanksgiving as the perfect holiday because it was no presents and all food. But there is, like, multiple houses and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, family pressure, travel, stuff like that. So, uh, I, And I used to agree with you, but now I'm realizing that Halloween is even – It's I mean, Halloween certainly doesn't give you the satisfying love, family. You know, Thanksgiving is a deeper appreciation. But as far as ease of use – um, dress up, throw some candy around, walk around it, wherever you live, and no further. Yeah, right? and a lot, a lot less pressure to, you know, maybe when the baby was really young, grandparents would want to see the kids on Halloween, so maybe you would drive down there or see them, or they would come to you. But at this age, I think they're fine with a picture. Both their, both the grandparents' age who don't want to travel to you, and with the kids' age who, it's less, you know, it's cute, but they're okay with a with a with a picture on Facebook. Yeah, I know my folks and my in laws too would love to see Viva in her costume, but I don't think they want to deal with the the scrum, the Smash Mouth that's outside. Yeah, yeah. So okay, well, yeah. All right. If if you can get on board with the. Pressure of the now, I hate the pressure of the costumes, so that's why it takes it out of the running for me. But I'm you're surprised. I mean, you're the a theater playing. person. Yeah, maybe that's why I don't like it because it feels like Busman's work. holiday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but the like the co- the decorations and stuff. People people start putting them up. You know, early. I think as soon as you hit October, you're allowed to put up your Halloween stuff, right? We now have a house full of Halloween decorations. Like, we now have multiple Halloween bins. Well, multiple. Two is multiple, right? Mm Mm-hmm. More than one. We have two giant plastic Halloween bins where the Christmas stuff is. Fill the house with Halloween stuff. And that's before the pumpkins that don't last, right? Yeah. Although, I went to get the Halloween decorations and realized that somehow last year, an actual pumpkin had been put away. With oh. the decorations, not a carved yeah. one, was it? No, but it had liquefied over the winter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yeah, no, just black slush and spiders. Oh, <laughs> black slush filled with baby spiders, and that couldn't smell good either. Oh no, 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 no! I haven't really smelled death, but I can't imagine it's much worse. So, who put an actual pumpkin in your Halloween decorations? Probably. I mean, who put away the decorations? Oh. This guy. He's got two thumbs and a liquefied pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> liquefied pumpkin. Uh, well, uh, 
you know, I heard that you could just throw a pumpkin in like the corner of your yard somewhere, and you'll have pumpkins next year. Wait, is that true? Like, I mean, they it'll, do have seeds. It'll break down, and the seeds will grow, and you'll have a pumpkin patch. Well, pumpkins and melons are like notoriously good at being born and growing, right? And they take over everything. So I can mm-hmm. see that. Well, it didn't grow in a plastic bin in my basement. That's for sure. It only grew spiders. You throw wow. a pl- you throw a pumpkin into a plastic bin in your basement, and then the next year you've got spiders. <laughs> so really, it kind of was like you were storing Halloween decorations. Like really yeah. scary ones. You're mm-hmm. storing spiders in the liquefied pumpkin. Yep. If only I, it had grown some bats and some black cats, it would have been perfect. So did it ruin all your other Halloween decorations? It ruined a few. Yeah. It did. And actually, I boiled a couple that I really liked that I didn't want to throw <laughs> away. Wow. That's hardcore. Yeah. So, so uh, we did a month of Halloween decorations. And then we did a week of festivities. We did five days of trick-or-treating, like a trick-or-treat and then party, trick-or-treat and then party. Five days, five costumes. Five costumes. So you really did count down to Halloween. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the Advent, like you do an Advent Mm -hmm. calendar where every day. Satanic (laughs) Advent. How about you? So, well, wait a minute. Hold on. I want to hear. So Viva... Uh, what was her participation level? Was she on board for all five days of this, or did she ever get sick of it? Or because it was, there was always totally candy at the end of the rainbow? There was no, totally disappointed that there wasn't a sixth day of Halloween <laughs> and a seventh. She, she mentioned uh, I got to do a little one-on-one chat with her via Skype here earlier, and she mentioned that she uh, – and I might even cut that in – uh, to this part of the show here, so we can hear it. Cut away here to that, and we'll come back and talk about it. Yeah. Hi, Viva. Hi. What were you for Halloween? What did you dress for Halloween? What, what did you dress up as? Cheerleader. A cheerleader? Did you have the pom-poms that you hold in your hand that you shake shake around when you cheer? Yeah. Oh, those are the best. Did you get any candy? Oh, yeah, um, because I went to a haunted house, <gasps> and there was lots of candy there, and I trick-or-treated down the street, but the scariest thing yeah. was um, there was a picture that looked like a girl, but then she went on rambly and said, Wah! Ooh, that is scary. That would scare me. Did your dad get scared? No, I got scared. But you got scared, but you knew it wasn't real? Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes it still scares us. What was the your favorite piece of candy you got? I like my favorite sucker. Oh, sucker is your favorite? Yeah. It's chocolate. The big chocolate kind. Chocolate. Oh, so your favorite kind of candy is chocolate candy? Yeah. I like the gummy candy, like Swedish fish and gummy bears. I like those are my favorite candy. Wait a second. I'm going to tell my dad something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, she was talking about the trick-or-treating she did on actual Halloween mm-hmm. with her little boyfriend, Ethan, and they went by uh, – our our street in Chicago is notorious. What's good notorious? What's the good connotation of notorious? Famous? Infamous? Famous? Yeah, I guess Infamous, famous. El Guapo. Infamous, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for – awesome haunted porches and lots of candy and so oh, forth. Oh, okay. And one was, it was called like the Haunted Doll Factory. 
and their entire porch and yard was filled with scary porcelain dolls. They were hanging from trees. They were coming up out of the ground. And what she was describing there was a like holographic or rear projected painting of a Victorian child that then turned into a monster. What well, went all rambly? <laughs> dolls have the potential to be the the as terrifying as clowns, and you know that could be the next big trend. You know, we see porcelain dolls, people just leaving sure. dolls around town to stare at you while you drive by them and freaking people you out. Don't, you don't have to do much, right? No, you I just mean, have just to set one out there. there. And maybe mm-hmm. shave its head a little bit or something, make it look oh, a little creepy. And three uh, separate houses had full sized dummy or animatronic clowns menacing the children. I wonder if they got those before because you sent me a picture of one. And for a while, Home Depot was selling menacing clown decorations, and then actually <laughs> pulled them from the shelf because they were so. Uh, people were were saying you shouldn't do this. There's don't you know there's a clown epidemic. A murderous clown epidemic going on right now. Right, you're just giving murderous clowns and murderous people dressed as clowns places to hide, like camouflage. <laughs> yeah, how you'll know which one is the animatronic one. <laughs> you know, we only want we don't want to waste our bullets on fake clowns. We only want to <laughs> shoot real clowns or people dressed as clowns. This isn't lethal <laughs> lethal force against clowns or dressed as clowns training school. Where cardboard <laughs> clowns and people dressed as clowns pop up and you have to shoot them in the chest. That's right. This is real life, man. This is real life. This is war. This is not a drill. This is the clown apocalypse. <laughs> it's clown Mageddon. <laughs> it's clown Narok. <laughs> it's clowner Damarung. <laughs> it's a clown avalanche. <laughs> it's it's a clown land blitz. <laughs> Well, now, uh, so I hear I asked her what kind of candy, and she, I thought I thought she was going to be Team Todd here because she said sucker. So I'm like, oh, she's on board with the like the uh, sweet fruity candies. But then she said chocolate suckers. She was saying Tootsie Roll Pop. That was her definite. That was her description uh, of a Tootsie Roll Pop. I don't know where well, I how- stand on Tootsie Roll Pops because I do like the flavors of the suckers, but I'm always I just want to throw it away when I get to the Tootsie Roll part. Well, somebody, was it you? Somebody mentioned to me the other day, oh, it was Johnny Hyrent. He said uh, that those are so extra gross, like as if Tootsie Roll isn't gross enough, pretending it's chocolate when it's actually some sort of blob of mud or wax. wax. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That when you get to the center, it's hot from your spit and breath (laughs) and mixed up with both saliva and little bits of stick paper. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So... uh, I try to bite off the sucker part on the outside, and then I just throw it away. Mm-hmm. It's no good. You're like that turtle or that owl. A one, a two, <laughs> a three. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how I am. And I just hand it. I just hand it back to a kid. And it, hand it back to the little naked kid. Yes, with, with no torso. Why are you naked? <laughs> well, Halloween at our house. Um, I got home uh, right around 5. Halloween trick-or-treating started at 4 in our neighborhood. So Ellie was already out with the neighbor. Now, she had asked to go out with her friends who were in another part of the neighborhood that's not not walking distance necessarily by herself. We wouldn't send her by herself that far. And uh, so we convinced her to just stay local. You know, we've always traditionally gone with our neighbors. We wanted to do that again. So mm-hmm. Kelly and and the neighbor mom and the 
two girls were out trick-or-treating together when I got home with Alex. And the first thing Alex wanted to do was being dropped off. He's 14, so I can't make him go trick-or-treating with us. You know what I mean? So uh, I drove. I did drive him to the other side of the neighborhood where his friend was so they could go out together. Um, and to go out trick-or-treating or egging, shaving, creaming, toilet papering? Well, he he did so, – he was – if he was, he couldn't hide that stuff anywhere because he even forgot a bag. Oh, like <laughs> he was going to wow. bring in his haste to get ready and get out of the house. He grabbed his mask. So he was just going to wear a zombie mask thing that he bought for five bucks and and uh, and all black. Right, that's what he was going to wear. And he forgot his. Uh, I think most of the kids now just use pillowcases, right? We I use pillowcases. It's why wouldn't you? If you could fill a pillowcase with candy, you're in pretty good shape. So he left the pillowcase at home. Like, well, I'm not going back. So you're just going to have to find, you know, shove it down. Yeah, but you're from Gangster Town. So if you're not collecting, once you've collected it with candy, you need something that you can whip around in a circle over your head and and bean somebody with. Yeah. Yeah, it's also a weapon. It's also like an enormous blackjack. (laughs) Yep. So Alex was on his own, you know, for the first time he was gone. In years past, he had started with us and then broke off with his friends in the last couple of years. And now he's he's officially done with us. So then I got back from dropping him off and I said, wait a minute. I can just stay home now. I, get, <laughs> like, I don't have to try to find them and walk around the neighborhood. Plus, kids wanted to come to our house. You know, they were all having to skip over our house because our porch lights weren't on because we weren't there. And I said, well, I'll hand out the candy. Well, and you're at the houses are you've got substantial yards like it's a it's a fair stretch of the legs. If a house skips, if they have to skip a house, they're they're not being very efficient with their time. You know what I mean? You've got to every house has to be open for business for you to, you know, make the most of your time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. What I realized, though, is I way underestimated the number, the amount of candy I needed. Uh, and the other thing that screwed me up was when I bought candy. So I, I, I was by, you know, the two types. I buy the fruity sweet candies like the Starburst and Skittles and oh, sure. Twizzlers and then a chocolate pack. Well, mm-hmm. I wanted the chocolate pack because we always have leftovers. I said, well, for the chocolate type of stuff, I'll get something that I know Kelly likes so that we'll have – the leftovers leftovers will get eaten. I didn't want a bunch of Snickers bars because those uh, I'll eat the Snickers, but you know they typically sit around a lot. They don't get it very. So I just wanted Reese's. So Snickers are, Snickers is a huge commitment. Yeah, because they're kind of a meal replacement it's a meal. Bar. Yeah, so you you're not going to throw them back in your head because you're walking by the bowl. Even a fun size is a lot of it's a lot <laughs> of food. Yeah. So they're, I they're great, but they're they're. A commitment. So I got uh, Reese's peanut butter pumpkins. Knowing that she would love those, oh, like peanut butter cup pumpkins, right? That's just mean. So then – You can't stop eating those. I mean, this is a woman who who eats uh, bowel cleanse capsules like you, and you're getting a big old bucket of peanut butter cup but pumpkins, we, and the pumpkins are huge. They have like they have like three tablespoons of <laughs> peanut butter in them. Aren't they like one peanut butter cup? No? Uh, Bigger? I think there's more. Yeah. Well, we've become good at just having like one of those as our dessert. We can just eat one. You know, we kind of keep each other in check a little bit. Is that your is that your only is that your only Reese's pumpkin? <laughs> all right, all right, okay, you say so, fatty. So no, <laughs> that's not it's not what we do, but we do we are keeping each other honest on the desserts a little bit. So, uh, 
Anyway, you have to cleanse double tomorrow if you eat that. To, yeah, I'm on my third day in a row of cleanse. I'm actually just uh, my last bowel movement was just uh, dust. There's nothing left. <laughs> I went to the bathroom and it sounded like uh, who's that dog who laughs? Oh, he, Mutley. Mutley. It sounded like Mutley. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, that's how you know you're clean. And then I read about the teal pumpkins. Oh, and mm. I thought, oh, I just got a giant, two giant bags of Reese's peanut butter, <laughs> and I'm supposed to put a teal pumpkin out so that we're allergy safe. Oh wait, I, you were supposed to be a teal pumpkin house? Well, no, but I felt bad that we weren't going to be a teal pumpkin house. So I said, well, you're the opposite of what's the opposite of teal? Because that's what you were. Yeah, it should have just had a giant, like it should have just put a giant planters guy in my front yard. So, you know, like one, like a, de- a demonic planners guy, you know, the to just scare away all the kids with peanut allergies. Tell you what, I got my costume next year. <laughs> That's fantastic. Zombie, uh... zombie planners peanuts, man. I've got the spats. I've got the yeah. monocle. I got the top hat. Um, all I need is uh, the peanut body and some fake blood. I'm, I'm almost shaped like him already. So, <laughs> uh, well, so that I decided I was going to keep the two two candies separate so that I could I could bring them to the door and say, if you'd like a peanut butter cup, you could take one. Otherwise, here's all this other random, you know, Skittles, Starburst, non-peanut stuff. Except when you – because I had one in each hand, I could not physically hand them the candy. They had to take their own. Well, guess who decided that a, a, a helping is a handful right. is every kid. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, could, I, say, I would say pick one, and they thought I – you know, they assumed I meant pick one handful. <laughs> so after the first three or four, you really bit, said pick one, and they just scooped yeah, in with both hands like absolutely. they were trying to get water out of a river. Yes, yeah, and uh, so like some kids were like went back for more, like put took a scoop in their bucket, went back for more, and I had to pull the thing away from them. Greedy <laughs> little. Ugh. So I so then I'm like fine. I can't wait until you get go into anaphylactic shock, you little monsters. I didn't want to mix the two, so that I'm, but I'm trying to still be able to administer myself. So then I went with this. Like, first of all, if you've got a nut allergy, if you're older, you know, and and if so, you end up with a peanut butter cup in your bag, you're just going to get rid of it or give it away. So I just started giving the peanut butter cups to the older kids, figuring they would know better and they can get rid of it if they're not supposed to have it. Smaller kids. I would just give them the other stuff, and I would give it myself, and I'd only give them one. So that's how I, I rationed it out. We barely made it to the end. But you did make it to the end. We did to the point, you know, we could, we turned off all the lights, so we, we, we went dark, right? So we went we went dark, which means no, don't <laughs> if your porch lights aren't on, you know, that's the rule. Your porch lights aren't on, don't trick or treat. Well, then out of, <laughs> out of nowhere, in the dark, my doorbell rings. I'm like, it's pitch black outside around my house. No one should be ringing my doorbell. And I look, and I could tell all the kids are my height at the door, so I could tell they're just teenagers. I open the door. Most of them are not in anything resembling a costume. And I actually said to them, you need to prove to me that you're wearing a costume uh, but to get any candy. And uh, one kid looks at me and goes, well, I was a mask. I was a mask. I was a mask. Those are all words I know. Those are, yes, those are words. I was a mask. Now, I'd be impressed if you met the kid from the movie Mask, 
Rocky yeah, I Dennis. Would Rocky Dennis. Yeah, <laughs> that would have gotten him a handful of peanut butter pumpkins. Uh, but no, he just meant that at some point during the night he wore a mask. Uh, and and then another kid had a backpack on. He took the backpack off and opened it up and showed me a crumpled up costume that was pushed into the backpack, saying, "I was this earlier. I so, was this." So what's with the word? What, one was a salad ma- coming out of these children. Kids don't know how to talk. They don't know how to talk. They don't know how to use words. They they only know. You should have asked them to text you what they were. Yes, and then I would have gotten like a GIF of exactly everything that they were and three <laughs> Snapchats about it, and probably a dick pic. <laughs> Can I can I say that on our show? I think so. All right. Well, um, so anyway, I realized that some of them were Alex's friends, and they were really there because they were hoping Alex was home. But uh, so I, I gave him some candy, sent him on their way. Uh, let me go back for a second, though. So Ellie Ellie did the trick or treating with a friend, and then uh, our neighbor, and then her friend and two boys, the ones that she wanted to go trick or treating with originally, that we said no, we're not going to take all the way over there. Uh, came over on their bikes, and then at least they they rode their bikes over. So just, you know it's not far; it's probably less than half a mile. They and they were, were dressed as the kids from Stranger Things, so it was oh, idiomatic. That would have been awesome. Bike. Yeah, they needed the bike. They were doing they were doing ET actually, and so no. So Ellie says, "Can I go back out? Am I by yourselves?" And she goes, "Yes." And I'm like, "Well, I, uh, I looked at Kelly, and Kelly's like, oh, uncharted territory." So I said, yeah, go Whoa. ahead. I mean, we have a 14-year-old boy who we wouldn't have thought of twice. But then, but it was Ellie, her, her, one of her best friends who's a girl, and two boys. Uh, she's on the bubble. Yes. And so I let them go. They were gone for about 45 minutes. She actually came back. So she filled a plastic pumpkin her first round, took a new empty plastic pumpkin out with these friends, and came back with that full to the rim. So she really got double candy because she, she, she was done for the night and then went out a second time. So... Well, uh, either she robbed a little kid or she's still cute. Yeah, she's still cute. So enough to get she, Well, here's the thing. They went out at they were out towards the end of trick or treating. So everyone who overbought, I underbought this oh. year. Everyone who overbought was like, "Here, have six cups of, you know, Jolly Ranchers." Right, I, I got a jettison this stuff or it's going to be yes. in my house going into my face hole. Yes. Yeah, so they uh-huh. were all yes, they were jettisoning all the extra cargo candy. Into mm-hmm. her bucket. So she just got like six servings every time she went to a house. She said it was fantastic. It was, a, it was her favorite trick-or-treating moment of her life because everyone was – she didn't realize that if you – we always went right when it started. She didn't realize if you waited and went towards the end, you got all the, all the, all the leftovers. Oh, that's great. It's a, good, it's a good thing to keep in mind. You go like the yeah. last half hour of trick-or-treating hours and people are just trying to give you candy. They're That's begging great. You to it's take like when Professor candy. Foster and I go to uh, Pier 1 20 days after Christmas and just get all the Christmas stuff like 90% mm-hmm. off. Yeah, that's uh, exactly what it is. That's very clever of her. So, uh, you know, so we've, we've kind of crossed the threshold in our Halloween-ing. Halloween-ing. Uh, Alex will no longer do anything with us and, and probably won't even wear a costume anymore, but he'll probably be a mask. You know, yep, he'll be a mask he'll or be a, something crumpled in the bottom of a bag. He'll be a, he'll be a mask and he'll go off with his friends and uh-huh. Ellie will go on a double date <laughs> and come back with tons of candy. <laughs> While you wait back in the house with a maroon pumpkin, that means you have extra peanuts. <laughs> Only peanuts. <laughs> There's a handful of peanuts. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? And you can do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. Here's how it works. You want to buy something on Amazon. You do. You probably buy something every day. Instead of going straight to Amazon, go to paternitypodcast.com. That's our website. Click on support. You'll see an Amazon box there. When you click on it, Amazon opens and you do your shopping. That's it. That's the whole deal. You don't sign up for anything. You don't pay extra. They know you came through the portal. You use your Prime. You do your thing. No creepy spyware. But they do know you came through the portal, and they take some of their profits from what you bought. They send it to us, and we use it to pay for the boops and the beeps. Now, I have a purchasing stuff online question, Todd. This is a mm-hmm. real real issue. Not a serious issue, but a real issue. Okay. My my daughter has now, she's old enough now, she just turned five, and we've let her get into Barbies. Okay. And we'd held back, not for reasons, not for political reasons, like, oh, no, it's a bad body image, derp, 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 not that. Um, but rather, they're hard to dress, and like when a little toddler kid has Barbies, they just strip them, cut their hair off, and then you have these horrible mangled naked things lying about your house. Yeah, and then these become Halloween decorations. Exactly. You just hang them by little ropes all around. <laughs> and so we'd, we'd held back. But now she has, I mean, she has a black Barbie that's from that, the new, like, different body shapes collection. And this one is petite. So um, she's still all, like, sexy and skinny, but she's slightly shorter. Uh, so short people don't feel othered <laughs> and oppressed by the, the dolls. She's got a Tiana, so she's got at least two black ones. She's got Elena of Avalor, so she's got a Hispanic one. She's got, um, oh, and a Cinderella. Those are the four nice ones she has. But then she has two more. One is a knockoff Barbie that somebody gave her that's eyes are too close together and that is wearing like a slutty tank top. Oh, it's like a dollar store one. It's, a, it's sort of horrible. It's, from, it's Trailer Park Barbie. It is. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a human trafficking Barbie. And the other one is an old Gem in the Holograms doll from the 80s that she picked up off a table as a toddler at a garage sale and, like, wouldn't let go of. So they said, just take it. It's naked. It's Face is all smashed and like <laughs> you know, all the pink punk makeup is all scraped up. So there's two ugly, shameful, trashy, scary, unhealthy body image Barbies in with the rest of her multi-ethnic, tasteful Barbies. I keep hiding them. I keep putting them away in the closet. She keeps going to the closet, opening a closet, getting them out, and putting them back in the tea party. She's not upset by their mutilation. She's not offended by the pressures it's putting on her uh, body image. <laughs> well, think of it this way. So she's, yeah, there's some body image issues with those, but she's accepting of mutilated Barbies, which means maybe she'll be more accepting of, you know, mutilated humans. <laughs> and that's what we're all looking for in our kids. <laughs> she's, she's learning empathy. That's true. She's All right, so you've convinced me. This is double good. One, I like that she is not a little social justice warrior who's so upset about the patriarchy that she can't play with Barbie. And two, you're saying she's developing empathy for the horribly disfigured. Yeah. And that's I, good. I think so. I think it's a win-win. So if a kid comes to our door and he was a mask, she won't be afraid. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she would take him in and uh, serve tea, whatever right. you do with the disfigured Barbies. Although that little girl in Frankenstein took a horribly disfigured person in, <laughs> and he threw her into a river and she drowned. There's that. Well, so I don't, I guess my question was, should I throw these away or replace them on Amazon with lookalikes that are slightly less uh, cruddy? And then throw hers away, switch them out, and if she notices, say, I fix them up a little. I think she's got a special place for these Barbies, and you got to just let them be uh, until she I, goes out of them. I resent them. Is the Have you had the pleasure of stepping on, like, Barbie shoes yet that were, like, scattered on your floor? Oh, I haven't. That doesn't sound so good. It's, it's, the, it's the doll equivalent of having... Like matchbox cars, stepping on matchbox cars are Lego pieces, you know. Ugh, I've uh, stepped on Lego and it is rough. Lego, like, I think, is the most painful. Blast. I mean, in, in in terms of pain, Lego's number one. I think matchbox cars could be number two, and then probably Barbie accessories, especially shoes. I think are the big. Well, her big slutty ones. dollar store Barbie has like six inch stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's weird about that is when you take those off then their feet are stuck in a six-inch heel position. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's, That's how you know it's not a girl that you bring home to, to uh, meet your mom. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Barbie needs to wear some flats every once in a while. <laughs> some rolled-up ballet flats that she keeps in her purse for when she has to go downstairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so you're saying I don't replace the dolls. I no, I don't think her... you do. I don't think you do. Maybe you could dress them up a little bit. Maybe, uh, you know, if you don't want to buy new dolls on Amazon, you could maybe find some new clothes. Something modest. A Something smart modest. pantsuit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, especially for the naked one. Why is there a naked one? I don't know. I mean, this is the thing with Barbies. They end up yeah. naked and they never get dressed again because they're impossible to dress. Yeah, so it's easier to leave them naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellie's bin of Barbie dolls is completely, they're all naked. I have a hard time figuring out who's who because most of them are Disney princess Barbies. And so it takes me a second to realize is this, you know, which of them is this one? If I'm trying to, you know. Not so you're looking for identifying underclothes markings? <laughs> yeah, which is really difficult because they don't give you a lot of clues in the cartoons. Like you don't <laughs> see any, any birthmarks on Belle and no identifying birthmarks. Right, you had no idea uh, Esmeralda had a Brazilian. If you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. It's quick and easy and helps other listeners find us. Read our weekly paternity test blog at chicagoparent.com and our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine, available wherever people are always concerned about scary clowns, less so filthy Elmos. Hey, I got the, I get an email once a month with the analytics from the uh, web pages at Chicago Parent. Yeah. And I'm not privy to share the exact numbers, but the piece about Scary clowns about the clown. It's, what was it called? It was like the scary clown epidemic reaches Chicago. What a parent needs to know. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest blog ever. Oh, my gosh. People like bigger than the immunization one that everybody fought about. Bigger than any. Maybe the biggest blog at Chicago Parent ever. I mean, big numbers. 
Well, I mean, it's it, it it's high on the you know the news feed right now is the scary clown epidemic. So people want to know. I mean, schools are calling home about it. They're sending out like you know mass calls and letters and canceling events. Do you think people click because it's funny, or do you think people click to get actual clown defense techniques and were disappointed when it was a lark? I think if they saw the headline, they really were trying to figure out how to protect their children from clowns. <laughs> well, first you need to tie a sprig of clown's bane around their neck. <laughs> and now it's time for you kids get off my lawn. That's where we don't care if you were a mask earlier. You don't get any candy. I was a mask. <laughs> oh, well, Matt, you and I are are lifelong White Sox fans. We are, and we, for, for listeners across the country, there is a second baseball t- team in Chicago. If you weren't aware. You may not have heard of them. Yeah. Uh, they are a major league franchise, however, mm-hmm. with licensed products and everything, and they are called the Chicago White Stockings. Yeah. <laughs> so the... Uh, I remember we, I mean, we used to refer to the Cubs as the AAA team. Like there, oh yeah, there's two baseball teams in Chicago: uh, the White Sox and the and the, some AAA team down, you know, on the north side or whatever. Uh, yeah, the Cubs are like the the uh, the Washington Generals of baseball. Like you just go to the park and watch them lose to people. Yeah, and you know, I think we grew up in an era where it was easy to hate Cubs and Cubs fans because it was. I think people who grew up around the Cubs probably in the 60s and earlier and maybe even the 70s, they grew up around, you know, people who still had hope and and were still, like, passionate about the team. In the 80s and 90s, uh, you know, basically for the first 30 years of our lives, being a Cub fan meant you'd like to go sit in the sun with your shirt off and drink beer. Like, that's what right, being a, a beer Cub garden. fan And it's because meant. the Cubs in our, for our lifetime were owned by the Tribune Company. Yeah, so they were never interested in winning. They were only interested in making money. So they never really tried to put up a winner. They just tried to fill the seats, and they always fill the seats. So why why mm-hmm. win if you don't have yeah, to? Yeah, because they had national TV coverage. Yep. They got the front page of the paper always. Yeah. They got first listing in the sports section. Even if they lost, all the, all the networks would say them first. Mm-hmm. And they were always covered by the, the papers, and they were on WGN all across the country. So they did not have to win. Everybody and they just, had duped their fans into thinking of themselves as lovable losers. Like, oh, right. we'll just take, we'll just drink beer. It's just a big kegger, right? It's just a big frat party. Uh, we'll turn our hats around, and you know, yeah, they made being terrible part of the brand. Yeah, you're right. They mm-hmm. sold everyone like that. You're just happen to be a fan of a terrible team, and that's just what mm-hmm. it is. Like that's our identity, and they sold that to you. Uh, to Cubs fans, and then mm-hmm. us as White Sox fans, who I think, you know, even though our teams weren't great growing up, I mean, we had we had some some figures that we looked up to. I remember when we played wiffle ball, I always wanted to be Greg Lozinski or Carlton Fisk. Yeah, and, you know, and, and Bull and Pudge. Yeah, and you had uh, my favorite, Ron Kittle, nineteen eighty three American League Rookie of the Year, Ron Kittle. Uh huh. Uh, you had Harold Baines. You had Ozzie Guillen. Ozzie Guillen. Shortstop. So always, there are always some characters, you know, and I'm sure there mm-hmm. were on the coming. The, the, 80s, the 80s Cubs are still famous. They're, you know, when you talk about Sandberg and Dawson and Sutcliffe and, mm-hmm. you know, Mark Grace. And, and so they, they both had theirs. But, again, it was just that that was just the team that was going to lose. And we, at least as White Sox fans, thought, you know, 
Well, we're going to try at least, right? We want to win. We get sure, we're mad. winning ugly sometimes. So I, I And so I, we considered ourselves the team, like the aficionados team. Yeah. Like the team for people who like baseball. Yeah. If you like, if you're a frat boy who likes drinking beer, you go to the north side. If you want to see some baseball, you go to the south side. And in the 80s, you had to want it because the baseball, the, 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 the park was in the middle of the projects. And you had to stay low and go to get from your car to the, <laughs> to the stadium. You had to run in a serpentine pattern uh, to avoid the, the bullets. So you had to want it. Uh-huh. You couldn't find them on TV because they were on, like, sports vision. <laughs> so you had to want it. You had to have sports some skin vision. in the game. Remember? They were on sports vision. <laughs> you know, so I, I think and the reason I wanted to bring that up is because I think that's why people of our age – you know, really grew up disliking Cubs fans and the Cubs. Very Because we just always, very. that's the way they were sold to us, is that, the, well, that's just the loser team. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's a new generation of fans, a younger generation of fans that, that actually, did, you know, and, and new management and new owners, and they decided they wanted to win. And, you know, if, you know, gosh darn it, if they didn't actually do it. Yeah. They actually did, like, they threw a bunch of money at it and more importantly they threw theo epstein at it yeah the guy who turned around boston right yeah and in like two years time they went from a team so terrible they should have had their franchise retracted by yeah. major league baseball even cubs fans were starting to say that at some point mm-hmm. you know this is a ridiculous i you know i'm, I'm turning in my season tickets people people actually did stop going at some point in the 2000s they, mm-hmm. you know, I think after 2003 debacle, they were like, this is just, forget it. You know, we're, and they started losing again, you know, that between 2003 and, and, and 2000, you know, whenever they brought in Ep- Epstein, it was what, two, you know, however many years ago that was, uh, <clears throat> people started to really give up on them, you know, cause they actually did want to start winning. I think mm-hmm. especially then once the White Sox won in 2005, the Cubs felt like, okay. Even more know, beaten Cubs down. Fans, like, oh, like the, yeah really wanted their team to win at that point, and they were getting angry about it. Well, they, and when the Ricketts, when the Trump-supporting Jesus freaks, the Ricketts family came into town and bought mm-hmm. the Cubs, did a giant push for this is year one, this is the year, and then they sucked even more than ever, yeah. that's when their their spirits <laughs> totally broke. But then the Ricketts brought in Epstein, so yeah. they did, in fact, turn it around, but first they overpromised and underdelivered, yeah. and that the, the Cubs fans lost their mind. I mean, they were... It was an interesting psychosis. I mean, we have our Sox fan bitterness that will never go away, and I love my bitterness. I value mm-hmm. it. I consider Cubs Nation to be a, t- uh, a nation of, of uh, carpetbaggers and dilettantes, you know, hobbyists and, uh, you know, <laughs> who don't, don't like baseball and, yeah. you know, like Trixie, Trixies and, and Chads, right? Yeah. Lincoln Park Trixies and Chads who want to drink beer who have never seen baseball. And, of course, people from, like, Atlanta, people from, you know, people from other parts of the country that, moved here or their dad bought him a Cubs head on a business trip once. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they drive me nuts. And I love my hatred for the Cubs. But suddenly they're an actual baseball team. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Uh, now, it's, you know, it's it, we, 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 we split the series with them this year as a Crosstown Cup and we mm-hmm. retained the Crosstown Cup. So at least we have something to hang on to. But yeah. other than that, we pretty much the rest of our season, you know, went in the, went in the turlish. Well, and, you know, and it was both terrible. teams were – the number one team in baseball for like June or May, I guess May. Well, April and May, you know, everyone was talking about a crosstown World Series potentially. Mm-hmm. And then the White Sox decided to be, you know, oh, they remembered they had Robin Ventura as their manager. 
mm-hmm. and they forget. They remember that they're not supposed to ever hit the baseballs or score runs. They're like, "Oh, wait mm-hmm. a minute, that's I forgot about that." They, you know, for a second they were going to be good, and then they remembered to be themselves again. Right, you're supposed they, to show up and sit in the dugout and then go home at the end of the day. And we're at that point now, I think, as White Sox fans, because we got, we got a taste of it in 2005, and now we are mad again. And we, everyone's been pushing for Kenny Williams to be gone for years now, but but, yes. but he can't. He still is there. Ownership Robin doesn't Ventura care. Got Enough two to get years. rid of Han, get yeah. rid of Kenny, and get rid of uh, Robin for sure. Yeah. Two years of doing nothing? Yes, and so we were thinking he would... Uh, you know, Ventura got two more years than he should have managing the team, and you know, lost. The years are just lost, lost years as fans. Those are lost years to us. We're not, you know, we we're not going to be good. Our, our attendance this year was abysmal at White Sox games, so they probably can't afford to pay any players because no one goes to their games. I went to one or two games, and you could have shot a cannon down the concourse and hit no one. Mm-hmm. It was. Empty yeah. to the ex- to the extent that the the vendors shut down their stands at like the fourth inning, like not even the seventh inning. Like they were yeah. selling so few beefs and stuff that they just sent their employees home because paying those employees eight dollars an hour they would lose money because mm-hmm. they weren't selling a beef an hour. <laughs> no, no, and forget the helmet nachos. No one's buying helmet nachos. Nobody's buying helmet nachos. You only buy that when you're winning. Helmet nachos are for winners. <laughs> Coffees so, for closers, helmet nachos are for winners. <laughs> so Cubs won the World Series. This will, this podcast will be about a you know that news will be about a week old by the time the podcast comes out. Uh, this episode comes out, but here you and I are on different sides of the fence. Here you you maintained your hatred throughout the series. You wanted them to lose. You wanted Cleveland to beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on the other hand, softened up and I said I gave my blessings. Uh, you know, along with uh, another White Sox fan, a famous White Sox fan in Chicago, Lawrence Holmes, uh, a sportscaster on 670, who basically said, I've made peace with it. Uh, go and get yours. And I feel like after 2005, I uh, I made peace with it also. I said, well, that was a, that was a lot of fun. And, and, and I loved it. And it was special as a as a as a White Sox fan to, to do that. And that made me realize that I wouldn't want to deny that if if I wasn't going to root for the Cubs, but if but I wasn't going to root against them if they were ever in a position to win it, I would say go ahead and and get that so they have that opportunity. But so am I? Does that make me a bad Sox fan? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'm willing to take the, you know you know I'm willing to take it on a chin like a Kansas City Royals first base coach <laughs> getting beat up by the Lagoos. By the Lagoos. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it makes no sense. They're in different leagues. You know, there's no reason to. There's no no reason. Yeah. You know, there's some people say, well, you always got to root for, you know, White Sox, American League, you always got to root for the American League. But the Indians are your division rival. So why would you want your division rival to win? You know, my hatred for the Cubs is more about the the, the Cubs of the night, the Cubs of the 80s and 90s and the fans and the and and the shirtless bleacher bums and that kind of stuff. Yeah, my hatred of the Cubs is based on my hatred of the Chads. I mean, this this yeah. team of Cubs, uh, they're all like nineteen year olds. Like yeah. they didn't pick to like what team they're on. You no. know, they don't, they shouldn't bear the mark of Kane. Uh, they're just a bunch of plucky young ball they're players. Damn, they could be in any uniform. And they're damn good, and they're fun to watch. Yes. And that's what pissed me off is that they're fun to watch. And I if, right. I found myself wanting to watch because they were good. 
you know, I well, that's it. what I hate is that this whole month has been some of the best baseball. Oh my gosh! You could want to watch. I mean, the Cubs were always down, and they'd come back. That that you know, the teams were just about evenly matched all the time. They were, and this t- Cubs team is getting them on, getting them over, getting them in. Like you're watching well-executed baseball. Uh, and I hate that. I hate that it was good baseball, and I was following it. Of course, I was watching. I like yeah. to follow baseball on MLB Game Day. Like I like to do, go full nerd and like watch where every pitch is coming in. Um, and I've got a bit yeah. of a coach crush on Joe Madden. I mean, I, you know, Zen master. I, so again, I found myself hipster. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I, so my, my view as a Sox fan was to go ahead, Cubs, get yours. But now I really, I think it's going to light a fire under, under my butt as a White Sox fan to really, kind of demand more of yeah i feel like club. we need to protest or something yeah <laughs> like i wouldn't even need to show up at reinsdorf's house it, you know come come draft deadline and be like hey this is uh it's not cool man yeah absolutely absolutely so uh have it's, you it's embarrassing have you had any direct interactions with Cub fans since yesterday, since since the the win? And are you? Well, saying, I live at Northwestern now, so that means no one's uh, from here, which means they're, they're all, all Cubs, Cubs fans. fans. <laughs> 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 oh, you're a Cubs fan. Where'd you grow up? <laughs> yeah, Ohio. Hong Kong, Hong Kong, <laughs> Ohio. They're 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 America's team. They're the world's team. Well, they, some and people I got, think I after say, after after the World Series win that they're God's team, right? Like that rain, yeah. Before overtime was, washed away the sins of of a hundred years of Cubs baseball and like started again, like the deluge. Yeah. It was uh, post diluvian that win. Uh, and yeah, I gotta say, Todd, for the four or five years, the five years we've been doing the show, you have put a no baseball talk or no Cubs hate talk ban on the show because you and I are Sox fans. Dave's a Cubs fan, like the real rivals of the Cubs. I mean, sorry, he's Uh, a a Cardinals fan. Cardinals fan, the real rivals of the Cubs. And so you have said to us, we can't bash the Cubs because most people are Cubs fans and we're in Chicago. And so a lot of our listeners in Chicagoland. And if you and Dave and I just ripped on the Cubs all the time, we would lose all our listeners. So you have said, Matt, take your bitterness against the Cubs and just go push put it, it somewhere else. Push it deep down inside. Deep, well, you deep, found deep. you found a way, and I think every one of your blog posts is somehow bash Cub Cub fans <laughs> or the organization, no matter what I'm talking about. Which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's a breastfeed. It's it's about breastfeeding, and that somehow you talk about drunken Cub fans can't get <laughs> off can't can't wean off their mothers long enough to pay attention to the game or something. You know, I, who knows? But yeah. Uh, so we have avoided a lot of baseball talk because we don't want to alienate 50% or 60% or even 75% of the audience. I don't know what percentage. If you take a poll right now, everybody's a Cubs fan, apparently. Uh, according to my Facebook feed, there's people who are Cubs fans who don't even know. You know, They're talking about how many points the Cubs scored. How many points. Right, yeah. right. That's what my friend Johnny Hyren yeah. from Cleveland. Eight so points. He... That's great. <laughs> yeah, you really points. are. Die-hard like Cubs fan, costumes. <laughs> costumes. So I've got you know half dozen of my very best friends are Sox fans because how could I have a best friend who's a Cubs fan? It's 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 absurd. Yeah. Uh, and I got a, a close friend who's a Cleveland fan. So mm-hmm. I've had all you guys like on walkie-talkie all week, yeah. so that I could commiserate with you all night when these games were on, so as to keep a pistol out of my mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And my Cleveland uh, friend said, uh, after the as the Cubs were winning last night, he said, my Facebook feed has just exploded with people who just watched their first baseball game and are very excited that their favorite team won. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly, that's, a, that's brilliant. That's exactly how it is right now. Uh, people who've never mentioned baseball are, I never even thought would be a fan of baseball or the Cubs are apparently lifelong or at least uh, week-long Cub fans at this point. Well, and there's always a bandwagon when there's a successful team. Yeah, people do the this, White Sox, too. I mean, it was just But this team is, is built for bandwagon. Like, this team is all bandwagon. You know what I mean? Like, it's – I always liken it to having the Chicago Cubs be your favorite baseball team is like having Ed DeBevix be your favorite baseball team. <laughs> so, now there are – and even, I have to say, even – uh, I, I belong to a White Sox and Cubs rivalry Facebook group, which is just a bunch of back-and-forth crap talking between fans. And what I've learned is that, that Cub, even the Cub fans who, what you'd say, are the diehards who grew up on the Cubs, whose parents you know took them to games, and that's why they're Cub fans. They've always had this connection. They're, you know, they're not transplants. They're not just, they didn't just happen to get WGN, but they – Die hard, lifelong. They hate the bandwagoners as much as uh, we do. I would think know? they hate them more because of what. Oh it does yeah, because it's like stop stealing. Like th- this isn't yours. Hmm? You know what? And now that they won, they especially they're like, get it, get out, stop it. If you're bandwagoner, like that's fine. You know, be happy for us, but this isn't. You don't deserve. Th- uh, this. <laughs> well, you know what drives? Okay, so the Cubs have this tradition that you might not know about in other parts of the country. Uh, and it drives me nuts, but it's actually kind of cool. So because yeah. Wrigley Field is this crappy old park with lousy scoreboards, they have, they've had for 10 million years this mast in the outfield with two flags, one with a W and one with an L. Mm-hmm. And if they win a game, they raise the W flag. And if they lose the game, they raise the L flag. So Cubs fans, for years, if the Cubs win the next day or, late, or after the game, they put a W flag on the outside of their house. Um, and that's cute. And then if they lose, they take it away. They take it inside, right? The bandwagoners think that fly the W, hashtag fly the W, means go Cubbies. Yeah. Um, I can't stand grown people who say Cubbies. Um, But so the bandwagoners all month have been going out in the morning and flying the W before the game, even when they lost the night before. Yeah. So they, they were down 3-1 in the World Series, and everybody was driving around with Ws because they thought they were rally flags. And I would think if you were a diehard Cubs fan, you would be very resentful. There's Cubs fans who, who believe that that's not just, not just you know, not, tradi- not the tradition, but actually bad luck. Like, you were, you were jinxing them by, f- mm-hmm. by putting up your W flag before they actually won, and you should take it down on the day of the next game. If the, if the next game is two days later, then you better take that down that morning. Because now it's a new a new game day, and you don't put the flag up unless they win. Totally agree. It's a very tasteful tradition. It would be if people would do it right. But doing it wrong, it's the dumbest, most obnoxious tradition ever. Yeah. And they've kind of ruined it. They've ruined the W flag for me. Because I, I agree with you that it was a cool tradition based on, like, it was just a practical way to tell people what happened who weren't at the game. The Cubs were playing before there was radio. There was no radio, right? It's like right? a smoke signal. Yeah, exactly. That was how <laughs> they got the word out. and it's, So that's a cool tradition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ruined but by the bandwagoners. Ruined by bandwagoners who think that, it, exactly what you said, who think that it is a, a rally cry, and it's not. 
Well, and the hashtags are out of control, and they were for in, for the Indians as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Indians have their own trouble because they've got Chief Wahoo. Yeah, there's uh, that. That's problematic. <laughs> that's problematic, absolutely. Uh, but I looked, you know, I was mad because all the Cubs fans had hashtag go Cubs go, hashtag um, um, let's go, hashtag fly the W, hashtag we are good. I don't even know how you're supposed to say that. We are good. Or we are good. Or we, we are, are good. We, we are good, yeah. you guys. <laughs> uh, but then I, yeah. once in, in the Indians lit up, I realized that they had uh, hashtag Believeland, hashtag rally together, hashtag Windians, hashtag we are super racist. <laughs> Here's something I don't understand about Cub fandom, and I think this must be the real Cubs fans. I've never seen so much. So when the Sox got theirs in 2005, like I made sure I was watching the last game with my dad. Yeah. Uh, and you probably got like extra close time with your dad at, at that year, right? Like you probably spent a lot of time watching. Yeah, it with we talked. Yeah, a lot of lot more time on the phone, and mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And like when they won, I I didn't even hug my dad. I high fived my dad because mm-hmm. like our lifetime of going to the games had come to fruition. Um, what I didn't do is all this like, oh my, like oh oh great grandpa, please stay alive long enough to see the game. <laughs> um. Oh, the Cubs won, and this is for all my dead ancestors that never got to see them win. Oh, I'm going to go to Wrigley and write on the wall and chalk the names of everyone who didn't live to see it. Like, what's with all the maudlin ancestor worship tied into the Cubs? Well, when it's been 108 years, a lot of people have died since the last championship. So it's (laughs) all of them. Most everybody. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I mean, generations have passed. Generations have born and have been born, had kids, died, and their kids have died before <laughs> the next one. So there's just many generations who've missed out on this. So I think that's uh, that's where it came from. <laughs> you know, and uh, so I tip my hat to the Cubs. They're a great team. I really wish I could never hear Go Cubs Go again because I just hate the song. Uh, I find it. Like I find it annoying. I find it as though it probably was written by a child. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds so corny when you hear it. And, and you know, I know people say, "Well, there's that stupid White Sox song too." The but that's like oh, a fifties. Go, go, yeah, yeah. go, go, go. It's not really the Sox theme. It's just not an old really. Sox song. But they did play it a lot in two thousand five. They did. They did. Amen. But the Go Cubs Go song is just terrible. Eddie Vedder's song about someday we'll go all the way is terrible. Oh, that's awful. Can we please not hear that anymore since they went all the way? I they mean, did go we all the way. Can so we retire so that? They, yeah. We, yeah they, no, unless he's going to change the lyrics. Uh, I mean, people don't even listen to Pearl Jam songs. Why would they listen to, to that? <laughs> the Cubs have the worst celebrity fans. Like, they let Vince Vaughn sing the national anthem? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, not the national anthem. The um, the what do you? The seventh inning stretch. The take me out to the ball game. Vince Vaughn, really, the star of Fred Claus. Like you gave him a platform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the Sox. The Sox only had three celebrity fans: Barack Obama, who's uh-huh. from out of town, so he should like the Cubs, except he's black, and I don't think that uh, people of color are allowed into Wrigley, based on what I see on television. <laughs> uh, Bernie Mac and uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Both of whom died. Coincidence? Or are celebrities not allowed to like the Sox? Yeah, there's not. It's hard to name any other famous White Sox fans. Or at least Chance the Rapper. It. Chance the Rapper. Get a security detail on Chance the Rapper stat. He's in danger. <laughs> Chance the 
time for the Paternity Test Kitchen, where there's no such thing as empty calories. So why are we doing this, the suicidal thing we're about to do? It's a lark, eh? Someone's got to do it. We're going to try some food for you folks, so you don't have to. So the other Uh, day you sent me a picture of deep-fried Twinkies, which used to just be a carny food, and now uh, you can actually buy them in the store. And I would happen to be standing in a Walmart when you and oh. and real close to those deep fried Twinkies that you could buy in the freezer section, and very close to those were Great Value Donut Cheeseburgers. Great. So Great Value is the house brand, right? Yeah, the Walmart brand. So this is part of their late night cravings, uh, late night cravings menu, and so a, a pack of two donut cheeseburgers. With a, uh, uh, let me see here. Where's the description of it? I just had it. Uh, I lost it. It's got a special kind of sauce on it. Oh, it's crazy. It's it's just a list of words that are foods in a row. Let's see. I got oh, to yeah. grab the boxes. Uh, it is oh. a mm-hmm. it's chopped beef steak, American cheese, and hot pepper berry bacon jam on a cake donut. I think you lost me in the hot pepper berry bacon oh. jam portion. Like, it yeah. takes me a while to analyze that sentence, to parse that. I don't know if Chopped beef steak, American cheese, okay, I get that. Hot pepper berry bacon jam on yeah. a donut. It's a lot of words put together that I've never seen together before. No. Hot pepper, berry, and bacon yeah. made the jam. Not- the three flavor So families. this really is almost like a jelly donut cheeseburger. Jelly Donut Cheeseburger. They probably should have called it that. Um, uh, I don't know if it's box. a good sign or not, but my dog was trying, like, desperately trying to come up and eat the stuff off the off the plate. So you should let him try it first and see what happens. <laughs> uh, I noticed that this box. It reminds me of like Doritos or one of the chip yeah. companies has a late night cravings yeah. line. And neon lights, right? Yes, of like poor decisions that you make when drunk at four in the morning. Like they're all. Flavored like what? Like hot wings and euros and yeah. burritos. So what's our excuse? I don't really know. Right? I want one that tastes like uh, cigarettes and women with daddy issues. So I decided since we are, you know, we're we're in our forties and we're old and we shouldn't like this stuff. I wanted to see if a teenager would like this stuff. So Alex is joining us here. Yay! Uh, he has his own. Uh, uh, Cheeseburger donut or donut cheeseburger and deep fried Twinkie. Um, what did you, what was your first thought when you saw the the cheeseburger donut, Alex? Nasty. All right, <laughs> so he's ready to go. Um, he's got his knife and fork. We, we you've got you've got this all heated up on your end there, Matt. You ready to go? I sure do. It was uh, what two, a minute forty five seconds in the microwave for the cheeseburger donut. Mine started Six minutes smoking. in a conventional oven. Uh, my house smells weird, man. Yeah. My house smells like a carnival right now. All right. Are you ready for the cheeseburger? I'm ready. You're ready. Is Alex ready? I go to pick it up, and it's so greasy already. Greasy. I actually wiped the plate off once Yeah. and blotted it, and it's it needs wiping again. All right. I'm going in for the donut cheeseburger. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's special. I've had worse things. Yeah, uh, it's not 
the, I mean, it's disgusting, but it's not bad. You're never going to sell me on a donut as a bun. It's just too sweet. And uh, oh, now I'm getting a little bit of the jam. Can you taste the berry jam, Alex, on yours? Not yet. No. Well, I think the distribution of the jam is poor, so you're not going to get it right away. Yeah, you got to go hunting for the jam, but I do get that it's both sweet and savory to try and you know they're trying to marry these disparate flavors. Mm-hmm. I think the burger <laughs> needs more burger flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a flavorless patty to me. I'd get a lot more donut than burger. And I think my cheese disintegrated in the microwave. A minute 45 was too long. Mine started to completely smoke. So let's see. One of these donuts, serving size is one sandwich. Uh-oh. 610 calories. Oh my God. It's not good. I'm not going to eat this whole thing. 350 of them from fat. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Alex, you could use this, though. I mean, you need to put some, you know, you should eat both of these, actually. Uh, yeah, because he's what? He's uh, two inches taller than you and uh, 100 pounds less? Yes. <laughs> That's absolutely true. 20 grams of protein, so it's a good, good, good protein-packed meal. It's like eating, I guess, like a double quarter pounder with cheese, right? Calorically. Yeah, I'm stopping. I'm not eating any more of this. Mm. This is not. If this were a late night craving for me, I'd be completely unsatisfied. I really want more burger. I it's there. Burger. I mean, I feel the texture, but I don't taste beef. I want to taste beef. No, it doesn't taste like a burger. It's too sweet. I need more seasoning, more burger flavor. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's a char thing. So, Alex, was this something that you would eat by choice at some point ever? Probably not. The the flavors are everywhere. It's weird. Like, would you say like if you had to put if you had to give it a a five star, you know, zero stars to five stars rating, where would you put it? Three. As a meal, like say, okay, you're gonna have dinner. You can have a cheeseburger donut or uh, a sub sandwich. What are you going to sub sandwich? Yeah, this is not. This is this is an off-putting uh, texture to me. Uh, it could have been so beautiful. Like if you took an actual cake yeah. donut, because this is too like wet and fall apart. If you it took an actual wet. cake donut, an actual like a Five Guys tasty peppered juicy beefy burger, cheese, and then some sort of hot pepperberry bacon jam, that would not be an abomination. Speaking of the jam, there's no. It's supposed to be hot pepper. It's nothing. It's just the jam. So, again, it's too sweet. Strawberry you've got, jam. You've got your sweet, greasy donut, sweet jam. Uh, the cheese and the burger are the only savory part, and there's not enough of it, like not enough flavor in it. And mm-hmm. if they, if maybe the jam had a little bit of that spice, you'd actually go, oh, this is interesting, like a, a spicy, sweet, burgery donut. Hmm. Where do you give it a one to five, Todd? I give it a. I get it. Oh, all of my dogs breaking my. I give it a soft two. Like it is not appealing. It's a soft two. It's it's poorly executed. I mean, I realize I it's a Walmart cheeseburger, so the expectation shouldn't have been high to begin with. <laughs> and it is cooked in the microwave, so I'm ready to move on to to the dessert course from our <laughs> dessert, from our our pernicious donut cheeseburger. We're moving I, on to. I want to put, point something out. We had we had our donut cheeseburger and we got our deep fried Twinkie, both of oh. which said in the instructions 
to cook them and then let them sit for two <laughs> minutes because everything's better when it sits out, right? <laughs> it's like you need to have time for the for the preservatives to take hold or something. I don't understand what the sitting does. Maybe it allows a – I thought the burger, to, you know, minute 45 in the microwave, there's going to be some hot spots. You want to let it even out. But the deep-fried Twinkie cooks in the oven, so it should be more evenly uh, warmed up. So why would it have to sit for two minutes? He needs to off-gas some it, demons. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does have to off-gas. Now, I don't, do you have the Twinkie box? I don't know what the – what's our – do we want to know the calorie count first on the Twinkie, uh, or let's uh, eat after, it first? Well, we just took in 700 calories of gross donut cheeseburger, um, 220 for one cake. Okay, now th- this fat. this is better for you. The the deep fried Twinkie. Yeah, it's about the same food mass. Well, two of them is. Two of them is more mass than the donut. Is two of them a serving? No, one's a serving. Okay, yeah, I've only we so got one's one a serving. It's like. But one is three quarters of the size of the donut cheeseburger. Yeah. Now we went so, with the chocolate so the variety. Deep fried chocolate Twinkie is healthier for you than the donut cheeseburger entree. <laughs> we we went with the deep fried or the chocolate Twinkie. You could have gotten a traditional, your original flavor, which is just a yellow cake with the white filling. Uh, but did, the original Twinkie flavor was banana. So, like I've heard that before. Twinkie. But why? It's never been banana in our lifetime, right? No, they, they <laughs> uh, I'm going into Cliff Claventown here, but like they, if, if memory serves, they dropped banana for the war effort uh, when, when they needed bananas for the war effort. They went to just whipped cream and like vanilla flavor, and then people were like, oh, this is better, and they never put it, put it back. Because the, the, the government failed on their drive to have all, all of American households donate their bananas to the war effort? When you eat bananas at home, you're eating bananas with Hitler. Oh, eating bananas with Hitler. I was in a band called Eating Bananas with Hitler. Oh, yeah, that was your Prussian Blue tribute band, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they had the best T-shirts. Uh, all right, well, I think we dive into this dessert. We went to the chocolate variety. We don't have the the plain cream. I just didn't think that would have any flavor to it, so I, I thought let's try the deep-fried chocolate twinkie. So it's got a – it looks like a straight-up poo – just so you know, yeah, it it's it's very brown, look like that. and poo shaped, very extruded. Alex, what are you, what are your thoughts on the appearance of a chocolate Twinkie? Unappealing. That looks like I don't even know. Like now, and then when you pick it up, like the little bit of the chocolate liquid is le- leaking out of the bottom, <laughs> so it makes it even. It's just like it's got a uh, some kind of a condition going on here. All right, are you ready to dive in? Leaking out of the bottom was my Frankie Goes to Hollywood tribute band. <laughs> All right, I'm taking a bite. Here we go. What the heck? Mm. Okay. All right. The chocolate filling saves it. Without the chocolate filling, it'd just be a gross bread yeah the deep fried part is not pleasing i don't know do they deep fry it in the factory and then and then just kind of freeze it and hope that you that you you kind of reconstituting the fried part in the oven it's so evenly made it's so mechanically made it doesn't look like it was deep fried like genuinely deep fried 
I've had a deep fried Mars bar at like mm-hmm. a fish and chips place. That's like uh, a batter. Yeah. These are not a bra- batter. This is almost like a breading. Like a breading. It's a little you know, bit like, like a, a like the worst Long John you ever had. Mm-hmm. Filling's good. The filling is good. The um, the outer coating doesn't really provide much. Uh, except more of just a cat. It just provides a way to keep in everything else. You know what I mean? Because the the inner cake is very soft. Inner cake. I hardly know her. Cake. Um, yeah, the only redeeming quality of this is the filling. That there's some chocolatey mm-hmm. goodness. So if you had if you had your druthers between if if a genie appeared, um, a very a very lame genie said uh, you get either a deep fried chocolate Twinkie or just a chocolate Twinkie. I've never had just oh I have had a chocolate Twinkie like a chocolate covered. Uh, Twinkie. Yeah, they have them. Yeah. Like a chocodile. What would you take? Well, I guess the warmed up version makes it feel more like a special occasion. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the overall flavor is going to be better in a in your store-bought chocolate covered mm-hmm. Twinkie. Now, what, anniversary normally, is, uh, what anniversary is deep cho- fried chocolate Twinkie? How oh. many years is that? Um, it's got to be like, uh, when do you just, when do you just despise each other? One. <laughs> one. Yeah, then it's one. So Alex, this is a good reason why you don't want to, uh, why you shouldn't drink too heavily because then this is what you start to eat. So yeah, this um, starts looks like a good idea after X drinks. So don't drink. So this is kind of a scared straight moment for you. You go, I don't want this in my body. Because this is what you're going to come home and think this is a good idea. So don't uh, just stay sober, man. It ain't cool to eat chocolate, to eat uh, uh, hot pepper jellied cheeseburger donuts at 3 a.m. Yeah, I'm going to go on. A, I'm going to go on a. A tour and mm-hmm. preach to kids about why it ain't cool. It's like when they bring the mangled car to school before prom. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've been in a car accident right now after <laughs> eating that. So um, a, a colonic car accident is coming. <laughs> it's good. There's, they're they're going to have to bring in an expert to uh, to you know recreate the crime scene and read all the spatter. That's They're gonna, gonna have happen. to identify you from dental records. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, as someone who's who's you know you put a lot of time and energy into getting yourself fit and in shape and and but you still love your foods and you're a foodie. Mm-hmm. Does any of this appeal to you in something that you'd say I want to keep this in my freezer for that late night snack? <sighs> no, I mean hard no. And I I do love food. And I love junky food. And I just like I ate a long john today. Like my wife had some donuts from an event, and she brought them home, and they were sitting on the counter. And I ate it, and then I put in extra time at the gym. But this is not worth the extra time at the gym. No, I, it's, it's just not good. It's, it's, it's not even bad. Good, not even fun. Bad. It's instant regret. It's. It, I not, got the shakes right now. Like I feel like maybe I need to hit the gym before bed. 
I realize that, you know, in the opening of this segment, we said there's no such thing as empty calories as a joke. These are truly empty calories because you get nothing out of it. You maybe <laughs> feel a little full, but you also feel disgusting. You don't enjoy the flavor. You're not reliving like a great childhood Twinkie memory because it's not the original Twinkie. It doesn't really taste like Twinkie. No, it's just it's just a fried it's dough, kind of, kind of the fried dough flavor. Um, yeah, we're not being snobbish. Uh, I mean, this no, is just bad stuff. Prudish. We, I would, I love some nasty stuff. Here's a problem: is I have a box full of deep fried Twinkies now in my freezer. Mm-hmm. How many in a box? Uh, too many. I think they're I have probably... a second cooked one on my plate. Oh, you made two. Give one to Viva. Wake her up. Was seven, I would. I'd like her to live to see six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if hostess thought they were doing us a favor or improving their brand by putting out a an, an, a homemade or a homemade a home version of a deep fried Twinkie, they're sorely mistaken. This seems like something they would like in the South, and I mean that in the worst way possible. <laughs> If you're, if you're from if you're from the south, you should be offended, and we mean it. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is terrible food. It's not. It's not. There's no. Rede- there's nothing redeeming about it. Like you could have terrible food in terms of terrible for you, but that's so delicious, mm-hmm. or um, you know, brings back memories, or just does something just that you you're gonna go. That was worth it. You're finished this, and you just hate yourself. There's instant loathing going on. I hate my body. I hate what I did to myself right now. I hate the, what I did to my son. <laughs> I may, you know, it's a good thing he's already tall because he'd be done growing. Yeah, I think this. Yeah, it's a good thing he doesn't have school tomorrow because mm-hmm. I feel like he'd spend most of his day using up his whole uh, semester's worth of toilet passes. Yep, he'd be dragging that hubcap with a key attached to it up and down the hallway a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, they'd get pretty suspicious. So we're gonna have to call your. We're gonna have to call your uh, father. Where's the dare counselor? We need. We need <laughs> dare counselor. <laughs> he's on something. It ain't natural what this kid's doing. I don't know what he's putting in his body. He needs a. I think he needs to check into a center. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, uh, well, uh, you know, this might be the last time we ever do a segment like this because it, uh, I don't know that I have abdominal spasming and I'm not kidding. I'm I'm not not trying to be, uh, no, I 100% agree with you. My, I'm, it's like, it's like I'm rejecting a transplant (laughs) organ right now. My body is in full on rejection mode. You should come with some anti-rejection, like a Meds. drip of anti-rejection yeah. drugs. <laughs> yeah. You have to have an IV in order to digest this food. Uh, my poor Dude, dog is slobbering. Supervision. I, I feel like I should give him the rest of this donut cheeseburger, but I don't think I could deal with the repercussions of that. No. No, and I hope you, you know, unless you have a really good mop. Yeah. Do you have a wet dry vac on hand? A I mean, doctor. I'm half tempted to take a pillow and sleep in the tub tonight, just just so I don't have far to go. Uh, I want to sleep in the bathtub. Uh, so, uh, oh, diaper. Oh, I, I need. Where's my prednisone? I'm rejecting this. Alex, um, I apologize. I appreciate you. Do you think any of your friends would like this, or do you think this is just an overall bad experience? That's bad. No one's going to eat this. <laughs> 
It's not good food. I mean, see, this is the only way you would eat this is in your if you're in an altered state. You know, mm-hmm. so so you're gonna be you're gonna be very drunk. You're gonna be very high, and you're gonna say this. Do you know you gotta have? Dude, it's got pepper, bacon, jelly, sauce, peppers. We're not spicy, talking about like jelly, normal marijuana jam. high. We're talking altered states like the the uh, the Blair Brown movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking we're talking uh, uh, peyote and mescaline, and transcendental meditation. You yeah. need a, a, a sensory deprivation tank before you want to eat this. I mean, I don't even know if bath salts would make me want to put this. I mean, you know, I'd probably... People you need some walk a flock of flame to eat this. Yeah. I mean, those people will eat faces, and I think they would put this down after a bite. Like, uh, where did I leave that face? Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to eat the fun-sized Three Musketeers with the razor blade in it. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test, like us on Facebook, and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. You can catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com and call our voicemail at 657-BAD-DADS. Of course, tell your friends about the show, and please do consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, if you don't mind the abdominal cramps and anal leakage, then run on out and get yourself some donut cheeseburgers and deep-fried Twinkies right away. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. <laughs>